Welcome to Insight, a podcast of Caribou Road Christian Fellowship created by youth and young adults for youth and young adults. Join us as we seek insight from the generations of our church as they share inside their faith and lives. This is a podcast today. This is actually part two of our conversation about motivation and purpose. If you missed part one, I'd highly recommend jumping back there so you can hear Nikki, John, Chesco, and Olivia introduce themselves and get this conversation started. And then once you're wrapped up with that, come back here for the rest of the conversation. Let's jump in. Going on a little bit of a different tack. Sometimes people will say, oh, you're really motivated. And what they really mean is you never stop moving. And a theme all through scripture is talking about Sabbath and talking about rest. And how do you handle that in your life? Have you wrestled through that? Has that been something that's come naturally to you? Is that something you've never thought about? Where are you guys at on that? I'm going to start off with Chesco for this one. Yeah, um, I think for me, the biggest thing is um, when I'm working or studying or whatever, I try to only study or work. And if I'm resting, try to only rest. Um, I know like it's popular, uh, especially like when in school and stuff, you're kind of studying, but then you're like with your friends. So then you're in and out of studying. So you never really get like a solid two or three hour you know, block where you're just only focusing on work. But I think with everything, whether it's like uh, reading the Bible or listening to worship music, prayer, um, you know, work, uh, talking with friends, if you like fully devote whatever time you've blocked out for that, including rest, I think that's one of the most important things um, is, you know, fully devoting your time to rest um, and making sure that you do block out time for rest. If you fully devote your time to that, I think it's way more effective and you're less likely to get kind of stuck in a rut where I've definitely gotten stuck in it where you're, you know, you start resting, but then you're like starting to push things off. And then, you know, a whole night or weekend's gone by where you, you didn't get what you wanted to get done. Um, so yeah, that's how I try and like mitigate that effect. And what does like fully committing to rest look like in your life? Yeah. Like for me, I'm someone who if I'm like working on a project or someone or something, it'll be in like the back of my mind, even if I'm just like, you know, sitting or watching TV or like eating, taking a break, I'll still be thinking about it. Uh, so for me, it's like taking time to do even just something I enjoy. So it'd be even like working out would be considered like a rest time. If my work is like more of a, you know, analytical, like just you're thinking a lot throughout the day. Then for me, taking an hour and a half to work out, would be a great rest time. Um, so things like that, it doesn't have to be like physically resting, but just something you enjoy where you can completely take your mind off the rest of the day. Uh, mm. For me, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you talk about like fully committing to actually working and fully committing to resting can both be a challenge. Yeah. I've seen that tension where it's like, if I don't fully rest, if I'm like sort of doing a little work while I rest, I'm not really resting. But that means that when I go to work, I don't want to fully work. I just want to jump in and out of it. And that actual dedication I found is so helpful where if you're struggling with one, fully com- fully committing to one of those things then make sure you're fully committing to the other too. Right. That's really what good advice. That's awesome. How about for you, Olivia? Um, well, kind of just going what, uh, off of what Chesco just said. Um, like sometimes I would go to basketball practice, right? And I would kind of just go through the motions, not really pay attention. And 
I would be thinking about homework and other things I had to do, right? And then um, I'd get home and I'd be like, crap, now I don't remember that defense. I don't remember that new offense. I should have just paid attention fully when I was at practice. So yeah, I think, it, I think it's really important for you to just be fully focused in the minute. Try to just focus your mind on the one thing that you're doing in the moment. Um, yeah, for me, rest is really important because um, uh, I could probably study for like a solid two hours, but if you don't fully devote that two hours, then then you could probably just go four hours without like fully focusing, you know what I mean? So that's kind of just wasting your day. And mm. yeah, so yeah. That's awesome. What are your thoughts, Nikki? I really struggle um, with rest because I'm, I'm quite active. And so I've really had to um, pray about what does a Sabbath look like for me? And I've had to kind of redefine it. And especially because our household um, is busy. And, and so when you do have kids, it's, I can't just stay in bed and pray all day on a Sabbath day, which maybe some people could do that. Um, and so I've kind of redefined it as life-giving tasks that I'll do and and I'll remove the life-sucking tasks out of that day and so uh, for me every day uh, a Sabbath ritual I guess you should call it is uh, taking the kids outside and so when we're out hiking and and we're just in nature then they're like exploring and they and I get this like mind break where I can just sense God and focus on him and not be a naggy mom, I guess you can say. And mm -hmm. so that's really important um, for everyday things. And then for a Sabbath day, just ridiculous tasks. I won't do laundry. I won't wash the floor. Like it's, those are just practical ridiculousnesses of things that I purposely won't do. And I'm thankful that I'm not doing them on that one day, but the house still has to run. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, you have a li so on that, that day, you kind of have a list of, I'm just saying no to these things for this yeah. day. Not I just have to have no, 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 no. Do not, or Saturday, sorry. Saturday is my, I do not do laundry. I don't wash the floor. I don't do those things because they're like sucking for me. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. How about for you, John? Yeah. So I could just echo a lot of what was already said because I totally agree with all those points made. Uh, the two things that I'll just uh, briefly touch on is one is, you know, in the last 18 months or two years or two and a half years, this idea of mindfulness has been sort of a buzzword, you know, and there's mindfulness apps and there's mindfulness, whatever. <laughs> and that at first it was like, what's this all about? But, you know, I can really appreciate it from both of the points raised already that there is something about being very mindful of what you're doing right now and, mm. and that, and using that time effectively. And then the second thing that I'd say is that when it comes to a Sabbath, my work is the type that it could be all consuming all day, all mm -hmm. night, every day mm -hmm. of the week. And that I, I struggle at in seasons. And so Nikki mm -hmm. and I, you know, we get to a point where I need to have some corrective action put in place. You know, like she might have to say a few words to remind me that it's been long <laughs> days and too much time on. But on the other hand, it's that it's uh, it, when I take time off, like on a Sunday or something or Saturday, sometimes mm -hmm. a Saturday, sometimes a Sunday, it is very much restful in the moment, church service, doing whatever we need to do. To, to make the day a rest day. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And something that I'm curious about is moving from being indi an individual to being a couple. Mm -hmm. How do you wrestle through some of that balance and having those conversations? Like, how do you make that happen? Because it's very different when you're like 
a youth or a young adult, and then you step into a relationship, you start dating, you start to time is and rest versus work is something that I see often be a really big tension in starting dating, let alone marriage for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, um, well, hopefully Olivia and Chesco will take our marriage course when they yeah. get married and we'll talk more about this, <laughs> but I, John and I have a really good routine of all I want for him is to have his best rest time. Like that's really important because him as a rested Sabbath, whatever you're going to call it, call it a Christian lingo or whatever, but for him to be a whole rested person um, depends on me helping him get there. And it looks different for everybody. And so we'll question each other like this at the beginning of the day. And we'll say, what can I do to bless you and give you time to do what you need today? And so Mm -hmm. that's my job is to give him the opportunity, first of all, to be aware that I'm giving him that time and to hear him what he has to say. And then for me to fill in that blank, for him, sometimes it's hanging out with our family. I can't even imagine, but that's restful for him. Right. Whereas sometimes for me, I'm just like, you need to take children and leave the house and that's fun for right so but it depends week to week what that looks like because we're humans it you can't predict it and schedule it out but but we have to take opportunities to ask each other what can i do to help you achieve that yeah and you have to be asking that question all the time you can't just ask it once and be done with it for the rest of your life right yeah yeah and it is two-way you know i have to be asking that back and just Hmm. nick you already mentioned it so i'll just be really quick here is that so we do a, a marriage prep coaching class uh, for people who are about to get married. And we've done it now, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine classes or something like this. And when we walk people through there, you know, this is one of the things that young couples just surprisingly time and time and time again, is they struggle with a little bit of meism. number one, that they're very focused on themselves and they're less about how do I bless you and yeah. then you bless me. And there's that, there's that two-way giving avenue. But then the other thing that I'd say is, is that that they overcompensate in the other way in that, you know, when there's something to be done, it's I'm over concerned about how can I help you because you seemed anxious about this. So how can I do it? And that we see it in people around us, uh, our older, our older children and whatever, you know, and this is, here's how I'll say it. The baby cries in the middle of the night. You both don't have to walk around the house following the baby crying. You know, yeah. What there, you there's no help in that. Yeah. And so same thing, you know, the house needs yeah, whatever. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. There's something to be said about good communication and roles. And, and be honest with what you need. Yeah. And don't be, mm-hmm. don't be shy to say, I need, right. Um, to go for a nap or I need to do whatever. You just have to, what it looks like, communicate it. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I might steal some of those from my own marriage. <laughs> That's always, yeah, that's always something to be growing in. And we've kind of touched on this in different ways, talking about motivation. And we keep touching on kind of like, I think purpose is kind of the big picture. Motivation oftentimes is like the day-to-day, but purpose is like the big picture. Why do we live life? Why do we do what we do? Motivation might be, what do I spend my time on this today? And purpose might be, what do I want to spend my life on? Um, And I'm curious each of you guys, if you want to kind of share in just a couple sentences, what you would describe your purpose in life as being, as you understand it right now. I think I might just um, jump and say, life is really long. I know that 
we're told that life is short and live each moment to the fullest, but um, that's not been my history. Life is very long and purposes change with seasons. And so I think if I could give wisdom from a 47 year old, I feel like you don't have to nail your purpose young. I really don't. Um, if I were to go back, I would love to have known Jesus earlier. I would have loved to have had a relationship with God earlier, um, a real one, so that I could say to God daily, what what do you want my purpose to be? Because it doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as you're walking in his will. Um, the purpose, I'll be honest, Michael, I don't think the purpose matters. I think the purpose of your life is to live for God and, and it could change daily or he could give you a seasonal purpose, but, hmm. but life is so long. You have so many opportunities to make mistakes and change your purpose and hear from him wrong and, and mm -hmm. still keep going. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually, I had not thought about it that way before. I love that, but that's really a helpful thought of just, he may give you a purpose for a season, but also there's times where, it's like, if you're just seeking, what do you want me to be doing right now? What's your purpose for me right now? Mm -hmm. And you're just walking with God, then the purpose comes out. I think that, you know, I'm reflecting back and I was trying to remember, but I work with a fella who just wrote a book and it was called Seek Purpose, Seek Your Purpose, something. Rick Highland is his name. So you can look Sounds online. Sounds Joel Osteen-ish. Yeah, that's it. But, uh, you know, it walks through and it challenges the person to try to come up with, well, what is your purpose statement? And it, it gives a little bit of instruction and process to it. So it isn't just on the fly. What's your purpose? Mm -hmm. So anyways, by Rick Highland. There you go. I'm pushing that one. But a good book. But I did that in the spring and I'm struggling to come up with what was the purpose statement that came out of that book. So mm. maybe that reflects on it doesn't matter as much as you might think it does. Like you don't post it on the wall and this is it. Mm -hmm. But one thing that stuck with me is, is that I'm always seeking to be a better version of myself. Oh, Olivia said that before. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love yeah. yeah. Like this. And that, that it, there's a lot of aspects to that, you know, like it's around my physical health and my spiritual health and my, my, my mental health and that, but I'm also the one that will take a lot of courses and try to show up stronger in my work and, and whatnot. So I think an attitude of, of be a great Christian and the God, the Christian that God wants me to be and always seek to improve. Don't just rest and sit and rest and say, back. Good enough. Yeah, I'm good enough. You, you know, realize that you're never good enough. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And that's Rick Highland wrote a book called <laughs> Purpose. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. We're promoting a book on here. Whatever it is. Yeah, one to like, look into. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Chesco and Olivia? Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Said. I think, especially looking back at like my last year, and I think for a lot of people, when something super unexpected happens, things can change really fast. And I think, um, yeah, I was thinking like. I don't think I could give a statement on like what my purpose is, especially big picture, like even just like a year or two down the road. I think it's really difficult when things can change so fast. Uh, that's why I really agree with, I think it comes out in the moment or whatever season you're in. Uh, like this last year, as I got more involved with like the youth and stuff, I kind of see like uh, how I can change, change their lives in a way, like or, or their relationship with God. 
uh, just through through being a leader there and talking to them, uh, playing games with them or answering any of the questions they have. Um, whereas like if I were to look, you know, a few years down the road, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. So I don't, I don't know like what my purpose will be if I don't know what I'm going to be doing. So hmm. I, yeah, I totally agree. I see it as totally like a, a short, short term thing. I think I could easily place right now, what can I be doing to as well, like better myself, like what was said before, but also like help the people around me um, or, or you know, grow my relationship with God or, or what he wants me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think when it comes to purpose, it's a hard thing to define because each person has a different way of doing it. Like if we say our purpose in life is to be a good follower of God and share his love and stuff like that, then we all do it a different way. Whether, for example, Chesco is now a youth leader, he's spreading God's love that way. Um, Nikki and John, you guys are doing it through your marriage thing, right? Um, Maybe um, someone like me, just in high school, is just letting their friends know about God kind of thing, you know? And that's, that's just the beginning of it. You don't know the end and you don't know the beginning either. Like you just, it's just something that comes as you go, just like you guys said. Um, yeah, it's just something that's kind of un- unpredictable, but you know it's there. Hmm. Yeah, I love the diversity of answers to this and just the different aspects of that. It brought to mind a lot of my own process of walking through purpose because I remember when I was 17, I had a really clear moment where I was like, okay, God created me to know like to love him and to love others. And up to that point, I did not have that focus. And so it was a real shift in big picture purpose in life. That's like one of those broad things like Olivia was talking about where it can look very different. And since then it's come out in different ways. Like there's time where part of like being able to love others meant I needed to walk with God through a lot of healing in my own life so that I was a healthy person who could actually be in other people's lives in a healthy way in university it was a time where as a lot of like i know that god's purpose for me is to do youth ministry so i'm gonna grind through these college classes some which i love some which i hate i'm gonna grind through them to get to the point where i can really be equipped to do this ministry that he's called me to but then there's other times where it's shifted like right now i'm shifting towards having kids in the, more of a family life i'm like oh maybe the others that i need to be loving is less about my work at the church and it has to be a little bit more about who I am when I come home from work. And so that's an interesting thing that that just brought all that to mind. And something else we've touched on a little bit is physical health and self-care. And how do you guys see that tie in as that's something that's really popular in our culture. And I think for good reason that a few generations back, we kind of tossed self-care out the window for the sake of productivity And now we're doing a bit of a pendulum swing towards don't, you're not a product, you're a person, you need to make sure that you're fully whole as a person. But how do you walk through that with your faith and with God and being responsible? When it comes to self-care and um, your relationship with God, I think you have to make sure that you're not too consumed in yourself because sometimes you can think, oh, this is good for me. This is, this is going to really help me improve whatever. Right. But 
that might not be the path that God wants you to take. Um, like, I, I don't know, for example, um, you think, oh, um, for example, me, um, oh, I want to be a really great basketball player, but that might not be what God has in store for me. He might want me to, um, I don't know, uh, be an influence to deaf kids and teach them about God. Who knows? You know what I mean? So um, I think when it comes to um, self-care, you just, you really need to be careful that it's not all about yourself, that you know it's God telling you what you need kind of thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? You're, so you're going to God looking for direction for what you need, for what he's calling you to right now. Exactly. <laughs> that, got it? Okay. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. powerful. Anybody want to add on? For me, like self-care and things has been, I mean, yeah, one of the things I do is like, I try to stay physically active and, and work out. And I think that in itself can be a really humbling thing. Um, you, yeah, like it, if you go and even something as small as like, you think you're going to, you know, lift a certain weight, but then you don't get it. It just shows you like, things don't always go according to plan, even though you've been like putting in a lot of hard work to try and work up to that weight. It's, it's a really small thing and it's not really that important, but it just kind of in the back of your mind, it makes you think like not everything, not everything comes and you have to be uh, humble, but also like grateful for, for how far you've come and where you are. I think that's a huge part of it as well. Going back to like motivation, I think being like grateful, grateful for where you are and like where you're able to be right now, even if it's not the best situation, um, I think it really helps tie into motivation and purpose. Like you realize that Mm. there is something that you can work with wherever you are uh, or whatever situation you're in. Like there's something that you can do and there's something God wants you to do there. Um, And I think taking that kind of a perspective really helps as well, just with self-care, like realizing um, that, you know, God has a plan for you and that everything will, you know, unfold. Um, in the way he wants it to, it just kind of takes worry away and you're really able to just kind of go all in. Hmm. You actually started to lead into the next question I had, which was sometimes it seems like contentment and motivation are exclusive of each other where it's like, if you're content, then you don't want to improve. And so you don't need to do anything, but if you're motivated, then you're not happy with where you're at, which I know it can't, doesn't have to fit together that way, but how do you guys wrestle with that potential tension and bring that to peace? If I could, is when I have a good day or a good week or even a good month, it's often because I've accomplished what I set out to do. And that when I'm, when I'm getting a lot done and I'm productive and the people around me are productive and I'm able to report in on the progress I've made or the breakthroughs I've had or something like that, and really dedicated both the time and the energy and mind space to it, that is more uh, a factor of what keeps me happy. And that the contrary is, is that when I find that I'm not as motivated, I'm not as focused, I'm not as directed, and I'm just sort of going with the flow, I find that that's when I'm emotionally down and it shows up in my family life and it shows up in just who I show up as as a person. So I do think there's something to be said about have a have a goal or have a target have a plan and be working the plan then the routine will work 
It does work. <laughs> I think though as well, I think I struggle with this mostly because I have um, like five and seven year olds who are so like selfish and whatever mm. right now, like it's just that age of kid. And, you know, like I think that we have this conversation every day with um, them in that, you know, one wants what the other has. And so that word contentment, um, like I'll be a mom right now and I'm just gonna say it, it's a choice. Like you can choose to be content sure. with where you're at. Um, mm. And so I know that that even happens sometimes after a busy weekend and John will be getting into bed and John will be like, man, we got a lot done this weekend. And I'll challenge him and I'll say the more um, relational aspect of, and, and who did you connect with most this weekend? Or, you know, what lives were changed this weekend? And it's, and it's just to bring in that awareness that it's not just all about a list. It's not just all about achieving things, but but did you choose today to be content with where our family was at or where with this mm. relationship was at? Yeah, um, but that's just my relational woman, mom part that comes into that. But I do believe contentment is a choice that mm. it doesn't always have to be how many things you've checked off your list. Hmm. That's, that's deep. That is, it is true. A deep. Thank you, hon. You know, that, that is deep because it's, that really rings true for me because I am like this list person and get it done stuff. And I'm quite driven and, and all this way, but having that one-on-one -on -one time with each of the kids or important people around me, you know, and now appreciating my oldest daughter who's living here with her family mm -hmm. is taking the time while they're here to be spending time with them as opposed to cleaning the garage or doing whatever I need to do. You know, that's, yeah. I think that that's also really important to, mm -hmm. to say. That's good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Is there anything you'd add, Olivia? Um, yeah, I just have a quick question. Um, are you saying that contentment and um, motivation kind of come hand in hand? Or, or are you saying that they're kind of opposites? I'm saying that at times they can feel like opposites. Okay. Because sometimes like I'm like, I need to, if I'm motivated to change and to do things, it's because I'm not content with where things are at. Right. Or if I'm content with where things are at, then I lose my motivation to ever do anything. Yeah, see, I think I actually disagree with that statement because okay. um, I'm motivated because I'm content with things. So let's say I do really well on a test um, and I'm, I'm content. I'm really happy about it. This motivates me to do to study hard, do well on my next test as well. So I think the motivation for me comes with how well I'm doing. Hmm. So, OK, yeah. yeah. I, that's how yeah <laughs> no that's helpful i love hearing that i love it it's like wins breed more wins mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. or the, the hunger yeah. for more wins so that's really mm -hmm. good hmm it's interesting one question as we get close to the end here is thinking back if you could tell your 5 10 20 year younger self depending on your age here um if you could tell a much younger version of yourself something about motivation what would it be I think for me, it would be that there's like, there's multiple sources of motivation you can have. I think, yeah, probably like five years ago, kind of like that high school, I was pretty like, uh, had like tunnel vision kind of thing, where I'd be really set on like one goal, and I'd work really hard at it. But other things would suffer. And I, like, I wouldn't dedicate my time to other things. But I think now I've kind of learned over the years that you, you can have uh, different sources of motivation and you can do different things. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't take away from your, 
overall goals at all. But uh, if anything, it, it helps, um, especially when the other sources of motivation is coming from from God or um, doing other things with growing relationships, things like that. So that'd probably be the, the biggest thing. Yeah, I think I would talk back to my middle school self. Um, I was really focused on what other people would think of me and they were kind of my source of motivation. So I would tell myself to, I, I think I would tell myself to um, focus more on God and um, to not use other people because other people are inconsistent, right? They might not give you the answer that you want and they might not tell you all the time that, oh, you're doing a great job. So I think God is the prime source of where you get that. When you talk mm. to God, when you read your Bible, he tells you, yes, this is the path you're supposed to take. Keep doing it. That's what I would tell my younger self. Uh, um, I think I'll jump back and tell my 20-year-old self something. Um, and I think that I would say to surround yourself. Um, I think of you, Chesco and Olivia, as you're going to be meeting people and developing friendships that are kind of adult friendships more than just like high school friends. Um, and those rare ones will come up that you, they just make you want to be a better person. They kind of um, help motivate you because they're so inspirational in the way that they love the Lord or the way that they serve him. Um, I would tell myself to hold those friendships dear because at the moment you'll think that these people are a dime a dozen and that you'll just meet different friends later. But the reality is you don't. Um, people who just get you and motivate you um, and become those friends are precious and they need to have more attention given to them. And you can't just take for granted that you're gonna find another friend like that. Um, it's, it's a rare thing in life to find those people that you really connect with. And so hold them tight and just keep fighting for those friendships as you hmm. make them. Yeah, the one thing that I'll say to myself is that when I reflect back on, on some of my career successes as well as personal successes, those were things that I saw it through to the end. So I've, I've thought of some examples. And so when our youngest children or our oldest children were born, we invested in retire educational savings plans. And we just put a small amount by, but then when they reached age 18, there's the money. So that was good. There was also other things like fitness or um, education. I got two degrees and, and whatever, and we just sort of saw it all the way through. And it was not hard or not easy in the moment, but we saw it all the way through. One more example, and then I'll tell a contrast, is that in, in my work, I've got a place where, where I had a big accomplishment and it took a lot of work to get it done at my work. And now when people talk about me and my role that I'm in right now, they often bring up, oh, John, he did this. You know, so other people recognize these accomplishments that you put the sweat and tears and hard work in and get it done, even though it might not be easy. But there's some other things in my life where, you know, I, I learned a bit of Spanish. I learned a bit of guitar. I've learned, you know, there's some things that I started and I just dropped them. And I just really, really regretful that I just didn't see it through and get it from from 40 percent to at least 75 percent. 
Okay, I have to tell the guitar story. It's funny, but it's a bit of a tangent. So John said one year, this was about 10 years ago. He's like, babe, this year, I think that we should like have a common interest. And so we're going to learn to play the guitar. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never wanted to play the guitar, but I'll do anything with you. So he signed us up under the same instructor and we both took lessons and we both bought a guitar. Well, my fingers are numb. Chesco, you can totally get that. Your fingers like have to callous, right? Like, and I just got past that phase and I hated playing the guitar. I hated it. The, it was the worst thing that I ever did, but I did it because I was doing it with John and we were bonding and this was just so precious for our marriage. Well, it was about three months in and I finally said to my instructor, I'm like, I think it's time for John and I to have a lesson together. Like, I think that we're ready to have lessons together. And he's like, I'm sorry to tell you this, but John quit two months ago. <laughs> your marriage survived it the betrayal wow by a thread (laughs) that's incredible that's awesome well we're getting tight on time here so i wanted to just wrap up by asking if you guys had any last thoughts that came to mind that you didn't get the chance to share i've got one just a short one that i've written down and prep for this and i think the one thing that i've learned and and now i have the benefit of being able to look back in life and that's to have a an an apprentice mindset so that's Mm. all the way through your life be able to say you know I want to learn more and I want to find somebody who can teach me more because when you think about what you're good at now chances are it was somebody was influential in your life it wasn't just a YouTube video or or a book or something like this it was something so all the way through your life is once you're once you're trying to say you know I would love to be better at something find someone better than yourself and connect and then you have the real personal relationship as well as that that mentor who could teach you more faster that is like such a good point and that's like a biblical thing like it's have one hand in the like what is that reference by michael there's like reach one way and where are you reaching back like mm. you should be teaching but you should also be taught that's a, okay i agree yeah i wanted that yeah i can echo that too because at this point in my life Normally when somebody gives me a compliment on something about who I am, I normally in the back of my mind, I'm like, thanks so-and-so because there's a particular person that I brought into my life and said, Hey, I want to be more like you in this way. So I'm going to spend time around you. I'm going to let you speak into my life, say mean things to me for my good. But if you need to say, Hey, Michael, you need to grow in this. And I've just seen that's so much of a gift of how God shapes us and works in us was through bringing those other people in. That's really cool. Any other thoughts? Um, yeah, no, those are really great points. Um, yeah, the only thing I want to say is like, it's, it's a really tough thing to, to work through. Like it takes time and it's something everyone deals with, like motivation, purpose. Um, so it's not uh, easy stuff to work through. But I think it's really important. So I definitely... Uh, you know, recommend that anyone listening to like take it seriously, even if you're younger, like a youth, it's a perfect time to to get started. But yeah, definitely um you know, if you're you're finding like you yourself can't get motivated or you're struggling finding your purpose yourself, um, the best thing you can do is is turn to God and and start looking in, in that avenue 
um, and you'll see things start to come more into, into perspective. That's so good. And just like inviting some of the younger ones of you guys on this part of why I invited you on was because you can see that your intentionality with your lives is already having a really big impact on who you are. And like Olivia can point to a turning point in grade nine where she started to go, okay, I'm going to be intentional about letting God shape my life more and my motivations and my heart and my purpose more. And if you know Olivia very much, that really shows. And God's been really faithful to work in that. He'll be faithful in your life to work in that. As we close up, I just want to thank you all for coming on and giving us your time, your thoughts, your heart. Really appreciate it. And I love to see how God's worked in your lives. Also want to thank the listeners for coming and listening to this. And finally, we always have to thank the awesome writing team. There's a handful of youth and young adults who put in hard work coming up with great questions and thoughts and feedback for me so that it gets better every time. Hopefully that's the plan. That's the goal. I believe it's happening. So thank you guys all so much. I just want to close up in a quick prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you do have a purpose in each of our lives, that you're faithful to reveal that to us. I think of the different stories that each guest has shared about how you've guided them at different times when they're looking for you. I pray that you'd be faithful in each of our lives as listeners to this podcast, that as we seek your heart, we seek to know your purpose in our lives, that you would reveal that, that you would give us the motivation in the heart to just serve you with the gifts and abilities you've given us. And even if we don't know where we're going, what, what path you're taking us on, we look forward to what you're going to do. And we already have thanks in our hearts for what you're going to do in our lives. In your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.